You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey, a reminder, you can uh, sign up for Subscribe Today and become a member of our Subscribe Today Club. Where you can subscribe today. Where you subscribe today. And what do you get when you subscribe today? Well... You'll get ac- you'll get easier access to winning contests, sometimes exclusive contests just for you, Some and and other great offers. Exclusive interactive content. Yeah, and it doesn't cost you a dime. It's free, and it is free. I love free stuff. So go to sixteen twenty thezonecom and subscribe today. You'll know nice. because it's the section that says subscribe today. Makes sense. Uh, there was a column today on the awful announcing called, Is the NBA Too Entertaining for Its Own Good? And this isn't necessarily just to zero in strictly on the NBA, because I think the conversation can be held more broadly as well across all sports. But basically the gist is that because NBA scoring is up and continues to climb, does the league need to take action to bring it back down to maintain fan interest? In other words, is there too much offense? And to that point, there was a columnist in The Athletic, John Hollinger, who noted that scoring for each team across the league has jumped 15 points per game in the last decade. That's think, crazy. Think about that. 15 points in the last decade. Every team. 25 years ago, the Kings led the league in scoring and were the only NBA franchise averaging triple digits. So 25 years ago, we're talking 1999, The only team in the league that averaged 100 points a game was the Kings. This year, the Grizzlies are the last team in scoring. They average 107 points per game. So they're they're averaging seven points more than the league leader was a quarter century ago. There are currently five teams averaging over 120 points per game. And part of the the synopsis or the, the opinion of this particular awful announcing column is that many leagues have changed rules. Obviously, baseball changed rules last year, not only to speed up play, but to really just create more action. It wasn't even, Correct. It wasn't even intended necessarily to create more scoring, just create more action. Um, the NFL, lion's share of the rules changes that have happened in my watching lifetime of pro football have been geared towards the offense or loosening up some of the restrictions that uh, the defense or actually giving more restrictions to the defense and like opening the game up. contact downfield, you know, that's only a recent within the last two decades type rule change. Obviously, you know, the, there's a lot of rules that have been changed in the name of player safety, but the inability really to go over the middle in the old or if you went over the middle, you were going to pay a price versus today. You know, it's a completely different sport in that regard. Uh, the the original columnist, John Hollinger from The Athletic, said, if offenses keep adding a point in efficiency every season, games like Indiana 157, Atlanta 152 will become a nightly mockery instead of the once-a-season spectacle. So the the argument is that, you know, we're, we're swinging too far in one direction versus another. And I know we've had this conversation before 
on this show with my love of Iowa football and everyone else loving their points, points, points. Go Hawks. But I think there's an interesting conversation to be had because we also had it last week in regards to the fumble through the end zone rule. I believe that a lot of people who are motivated by the fumble through the end zone rule don't like it because it punishes the offense. Not that it punishes one team versus another team, but that it punishes the offense and thus denies opportunity for teams to score or maybe encourages teams not to be as chancy with the football around the goal line to try to score. That's my that's my theory, and I think a lot of people who believe that or, or hate that rule, that's one of the reasons they don't like it. But in my view, it's always I've, I've always tried to tr- – strike a balance. Yes, games like Rams-Chiefs a few years ago on Monday Night Football was an incredible spectacle. But that spectacle becomes a lot less meaningful if there are more games like it. If every game is like that. Exactly. So it's always about like last week's championship games. We had one end uh, 30... 17 to 10. 17 to 10 and the other one was 34-31. Yeah. Two very yeah, complete, different, yeah. Two very different games, but both entertaining in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. And and so I guess my argument to it is, I think we should be as mindful, especially in sports like football, which it seems which most people like, right? Mm-hmm. Is to is that we should always be looking to strike the perfect balance, so that the, so that the really low scoring defensive games aren't the norm nor are the ultra-high-scoring offensive games. And for the most part, I think we we do it pretty well. Uh, I would agree with this column, by the way. I don't know if I'm going to surprise you for the second time in as many weeks. Um, you know, I, I often – I was having a conversation with someone today, and this person asked me if And I when you say this NBA. column, are you talking about the, the uh, athletic column? Yeah, the NBA. I think there are way too many points in these games. Yeah. And, and I grew up in an era of watching the NBA, you know, in the post-Jordan era in particular – where I found it could be unwatchable for the exact opposite reason that, that essentially Hollinger is arguing for, and that was because you'd have some of those Eastern Conference rock fights between teams like the Pistons and the Pacers that would result in, and, and I mean, especially if you go to the end of the 90s, the Knicks and the Heat, where the games, the final scores would be like 72 to 70. And I feel like, I think either end of the spectrum, I don't, I don't like. It's ridiculous when you look at some of the scores today and you know what, how it's come about. Now, some of it is, as, as Hollinger wrote and others will always write, the rule changes. And I think that that is, is a large, large, large part of this, is they got rid of the hand check rules and that, that opened it up because they wanted more of a free-flowing game. The thing that has shifted, I think, it in this direction, though, is the efficiency, is that the it's better to shoot a three than a two, mm-hmm. you know? I don't remember who it was. It might have been Scott Van Pelt or somebody else on SportsCenter, maybe Dan Patrick, but you'd watch highlights – and a, a guy would pull up and shoot a mid-range, and they would describe it as, you know, the lost art of the mid-range jumper. And the reason that that has disappeared, of course, is math. It's, it, they say, hey, you, I'd rather you step back a couple of feet, even if percentage points go down, because more shots from there over time is going to equal more points. And so, you know, I, I see some people, John, that say, like, the court needs to get bigger. The three-point line needs to move back. I see some that say expand, not expand, but have the three-point line instead of you know cutting down um, along the end lines where the baseline is. It just essentially hits the out of bounds, and so there is not a corner three. 
that that goes away. Tony writes, so analytics have ruined the NBA. I don't know if Tony is saying that in jest, but I think that that's a large part of this. I think that, that the efficiency of this has taken away different teams where, like, you would watch – you know, he brings up the Kings. You'd watch the, the early 2000s, and the Kings played one way, and the Lakers played another way, and the Spurs played one way. And, like, this was when I fell in love with the game, and it was nice because you'd turn it on, and, John, kind of like the thing that we miss about college football today where I know what a Pac-12 game looks like versus an SEC yeah. game versus a Big Ten. Everybody looks the same now. And, you know, I, I think that this is one of the reasons that I have fallen out of favor which, with watching it in the regular season among it other reasons but we had the topic last week or two weeks ago when you know in back-to-back games essentially guys are getting 70 points 73 points and it's like wow is there a world where Kobe's 81 points which is not the record but you know in the modern era certainly is where that falls by the wayside relatively soon because of just again the efficiency of the of, of these players and that's the other thing too these players are very good you know they are very good and I know we can have fun and poke fun at defense or lack thereof but these guys are great shooters. They're better shooters now than they have ever been before, and they're able to shoot deeper than ever before. And I think you throw all of that into a bucket, and it's why you have some of these games that have ridiculous scores. That's a, I mean, 150 to 140 or whatever. John, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's not fun. It's no, a layup line. They've metagamed the NBA. They've picked it apart too much. They know exactly what works, how it works, where it works, and that's sure everybody's there. Well, and a lot of it, too, and, and listen, this is, I mean, to me, the answers the answers are a little bit different. It's not so much changing the court, but quite frankly, you know, the, the amount of games that are played uh, creates a less ses- sense of urgency at times. And then you and then you got the load management issues, which yes. which can which can come into the game. Um, and but unfortunately, what, what I'm suggesting will never happen because that's less revenue. I mean, if they reduce yeah. the season, and that's always been my argument, why I enjoy the college game more than the pro game is, it's not so it's not so much about defense, it's about the games urgent. feel more urgent, right? Teams are teams feel like, hey, we got to win this because you know it could it could sway you know whether our seed is better or in the case of Nebraska whether we get into the tournament or not, and with the NBA there's there's two and a half times as many games. Plus, you know, more than half the league actually gets into the playoffs. So it doesn't, the, the urgency doesn't appear to be there. John, uh, not to turn this on baseball, do you, but do you feel like the expanded playoffs, has that taken away your enjoyment of baseball? Um, Major League Baseball? Because they play twice as many games, and I yeah, know that you still it, love Major League Baseball. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it. I'm absolutely not a fan of it. And making the playoffs doesn't feel as special. And now, on the other hand, because of how, especially how this last year's playoffs played out and some of the upsets that we had, it, it, it's kind of a catch-22 because you're, you'll, be, you'll be excited if you get in because as last year showed, if you're the Angels, if you're the, or not the Angels, if you're the Diamondbacks, if you're the... Um, Rangers. You feel like you All you have to do is get in the tournament. 100%. All you have to do is get in the tournament. And it feels like you have a chance. But on the other side of it, as a baseball purist, I like the idea that a division championship means something. And But unfortunately, once you've, once you've opened that Pandora's box, forget about it. Baseball, any owners in any sport, they see the money, uh, ain't going to give that up. Because that's, if there's more money and more playoffs, then more playoffs there will be. 
So, so yeah, it's it hasn't ruined my enjoyment of the day to day of the game, but I still hate the concept. Mm-hmm. Still hate the concept. Here's Mike. Hi, Mike. Thanks for waiting. You're on sixteen twenty the zone. Hey guys, I love your discussion about the NBA. You know what? Um, I remember when I grew up, um, people people fouled out. They're not even they're not even using their six fouls anymore. They try to stop people. The only people that are getting kicked out of games is if you get a double tech. Whatever happened to really playing solid defense on somebody? The other thing is, why are they letting people light up anybody for 30 or 40 or 50 points at three? Get out there and defend him, even if you get five fouls. And so to me, I'm looking at the NBA. To me, it's just, it's not the same. It's more of a gimmick. Who can shoot the most threes? Who can score the most points? Forget defense. And forget rebounders. You don't even talk about re- we don't even talk about rebounders anymore. So it's a different NBA. I see it even with my grandkids and the leagues they're playing. These these kids are shooting three point shots, you know, and they're missing layups. So um, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out to you guys and want to listen to your discussion. On it. Mike, I appreciate it. The funny thing is, they get six fouls. You you would think having the extra fouls, and I know there's an extra eight minutes that there is in the college game, so it, it kind of equals out in terms of fouls per minute played. But if people aren't fouling out, it means they're not using them up or, or, you know. So, in a way, I don't know if you, if, if changing the foul count would do anything for the game because you have enough fouls. You would think more teams would then, or more players would use them in certain circumstances to try to press out more on shooters. But then if you do that, then there are other things that can open up and then who knows. It, it's a, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, again, it's a tough balance, and a lot of it, Josh, does come back to the point where there are more better shooters than there have ever been before. I, people are so talented at this moment in time. You know, like the thing that I always notice if you watch an old game is like uh, a three-point shot in between, you know, half court and the three-point line, it looked like a heave, whereas guys like Steph Curry today, Caitlin Clark they, they make it look like a normal jump shot. Yes, they and do. And I'm just amazed by that because the strength to do that. Mustache Adam, you know, we, we've mainly talked about basketball here, but he brings up golf. He says golf is going through the same thing with people hitting the ball too far, but you have better athletes optimizing their swings with things like TrackMan, tracking swing slash ball speed, launch angle, etc. And, yeah, and so ultimately a lot of this conversation, I think, does come back at times to technology and understanding how to – be as smart as possible within your own sport. And so, you know, what are you going to say to that? We, we need to devolve. We need to go back to old equipment in, 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 the, in a sport like golf. Of course, that's not going to happen. So like, how, do you ba- how do you balance that? And I don't know the answer to that question. How do you, how do you take away math? Well, you don't because this is, this is what ultimately happens. The three true outcomes has become a large part of baseball. Why? Because of math. You know, and yeah. because of just figuring basic things out. And so, on one hand, I would say teams have never been smarter. But as always, John, when, and w- this was mainly a baseball discussion for years, I felt like, was, is it the players' jobs to be entertaining? No, they want to win. But the sport at large should care about being entertaining because they want to. Because that's what people. draws fans. Bingo. Because if and it's not lose, entertaining, people aren't going to watch. Yeah, indeed. Jed, of course, sends a tweet, NBA too entertaining, question mark, and then a child laughing to the point where they tip over. (laughs) He loves the NBA. Ah, big fan of the NBA. All right, still to come, uh, rules. Are there any rules left 
If they are, they're probably being challenged in a court of law. And Mitch Holt is to join us on 1620 The Zone. Big names, big games. We've got them all. 1620 The Zone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.